Welcome to the College Football Bros, the podcast ranking Pac-12 quarterbacks. And now, here are your hosts, Michael, Ryan, and Trey Newman. Welcome to the College Football Bros podcast. I am Michael Newman, and I'm joined by the brother who hopes to someday drive a Bentley. Oh, yeah, that's me, Ryan Newman. And by the other brother, who may not be DTR, but he is DTF. Wow. <laughs> wow. This is... Oh, oh wow. That's me, Trey Newman. And this down is not... Down, this down is not football. a... Yeah, this is not a run-of-the-mills podcast now. Oh, nice, nice. All right. Well, this is episode four of Quarterback Rankings Week. Uh, as always, let us know on Twitter and Instagram, at CFB Bros, what you think of our lists, and... Subscribe on YouTube uh, to watch the video version of our episodes. We do every single uh, episode in both formats. So we redo it. We redo the whole thing yeah, twice. Yeah, exact same thing. Just copy it. It's, it's a lot it's, of yeah, work. It, it is a lot of work, but, you know, it's worth it. Um, let's start out the uh, the Pac-12 with the worst quarterback situation, Ryan. All right, Michael. Uh, number 12. Put her up there. There you go. Tyler Lytle. Uh, so yeah, this is a very weak QB room right now for, for Colorado. Lytle is the, he- the heavy favorite, heavy favorite. Cause the only person he's really gonna have to battle is a true freshman, Brennan Lewis. Um, and the other guy that was there, Blake Stenstrom, he transferred to Princeton, I believe it was actually. So it's Lytle's job, man. He's going to be the guy and it's going to be tough to replace Steven Montez, who was there forever to him like, and, you know, went through his ups and downs, obviously, but he was a good quarterback. Um, but now you take away LaVisca Chenault. Um, it's just hard to know what you're going to get from Lytle. Um, but, you know, he did have some solid offers coming out of high school. He wasn't, he was a decently recruited guy. He's got some good tools, but I don't know. It's just going to be an uphill battle, in, especially in Colorado Rell's first year there. And there's just not a whole lot to work with. So it's, it's hard to be, it's hard to put him above anybody. Yeah. And he's uh, he's a junior now, but only six career passes. So right. just no idea what to expect. Exactly. Mm-hmm. This this ranking kind of falls in line with the optimism that we had of of the hire of Durrell. So hopefully they can both prove us wrong as time goes on. All right. Okay. M- moving on to number 11, Tristan Jebia, hailing from Oregon State. <clears throat> he played just a little bit last year. He's, of course, a, a Nebraska transfer. He's a bit undersized. Uh, and he's in a, a tough spot to succeed at at Oregon State. I really do like Jonathan Jonathan Smith, the the coach there, and his offenses are generally quarterback friendly. Uh, but it's going to be difficult as they're you know Oregon State at this point is still always going to be an underdog in in conference play. So hopefully Jebia can can move the needle. But I'm not I'm not too encouraged at this point. Ryan. Yeah, no, I'm not encouraged. Uh, he's a toothpick out there. It's uh, <laughs> it's gonna be. I'd be worried about him getting injured if I was him. But yeah, it's. I love Jonathan Smith. I'm with you right there, Troy. Jonathan Smith's great. I think he's done a great job there in Oregon State. But Jebia is not, you know, the guy. Well, I mean, I will say the the one start he made last year, he got the call against Oregon with with Luton injured, and Luton obviously had a great year last year. So yeah, he's not Luton. I not through the air you wouldn't expect he does he's mobile which is something but uh don't but, want yeah, him but against Oregon what's that don't want him running well we'll see Ryan you're just negative Nancy on uh, yeah. on Tristan Jebbia here but 
Uh, no, I, what I wanted to say is against Oregon, he actually played fine. So, and that's a tough defense to go against. So that gives you some hope at least. Yeah. Hopefully Beaver fans don't say damn too much watching Jibia. Mm-hmm. Mm, I don't like it. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on quickly from that one. We've got number 10, Cameron Cooper, Washington State. And, you know, yeah, he's the the favorite to start there. Um, the He's a redshirt sophomore. They've they've also got the redshirt freshman Gunner Cruz, good name for a quarterback, Gunner, and then uh, the true freshman Jaden Delora, who is actually following Rolovich from the state of Hawaii. He's a, a a recruit from there. But whoever starts, I just think is is probably going to do decently well because uh, Leach, you know, the switch to the run and shoot is not exactly the the most drastic uh, change from from Leach's air raid. So I I like I like Rolovich. I'm I think. Cooper should should do okay. Yeah, Cooper was a pretty good, darn good recruit for 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 Pullman for for Wazoo a couple years back. So, yeah, I, I he's got some pedigree. Um, might start out a little bit slow just because first year on the new program or new system. But I I think he's going to have a really statistically he's going to have a pretty darn good year. So he could climb up this list, no doubt. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I'm not expecting a dramatic drop off just because it goes from Leach to Rolovich. I think uh, the listeners would know that we're fairly fairly high and optimistic on on Rolovich uh, at Wazoo. Yep. All right. Well, let's move on to uh, number nine here. <clears throat> yeah, Kevin uh, Thompson. I almost want to put a P there, but there is no, no P. P. <laughs> P. <laughs> yep. So I, I yeah, had him 10th, <laughs> I guess, which was a little, a little bit below. I mean, I was just one below him. You know, I thought about sliding him actually a little bit behind even Jebbia, honestly, but you know, I'm just I'm, first. I'm not convinced he he can win the job. He's going to have a lot of competition from uh, the the sophomore Jacob Sermon, freshman Dylan Morris, also a big time recruit, true freshman Ethan Garbers coming in. Yeah, big brother. I, I think it's brother. it's definitely especially between Thompson and Sermon. I mean that that is I'm yeah. kind of fifty fifty there. We had to put somebody on the graphic here, but yeah, could exactly. easily be Sermon. Exactly. Yeah. I'm. So yeah, it, it, there's they do have some talent in that room, but I just I don't think Thompson's going to just come in and take that job easily so um you know and i look at his his career over there at sac state and i mean yeah it was good but it wasn't like he was elite i'm not sure what uh there was a little bit i think there was i don't know i just feel like he was under he was under 60 percent completion percentage last year barely over seven yards per attempt through eight picks which you know i just i don't know i think there's some uh, un unrealistic uh, expectations for what this guy could be he was good at sacramento state but we're talking Pac-12 here. It's different. Yeah, it's definitely a step up. Um, but I, I just think it's good. He's another option. Like he was, what, third team FCS All-American, I think I saw. So he's he's got the potential there. I don't know what he was surrounded with there. Maybe maybe to take them to the, I think they had a playoff appearance. Maybe that was really incredible. I don't know. We'll see. But but either way, I just think there's good options here, which is why I was seventh with with Kevin Thompson, because I think whoever comes out of this battle between Sermon and and Thompson primarily is is probably going to be pretty good cuz Sermon was was a big recruit himself so I just think there's good options. Yep. All right, moving down to their uh Washington's rival down south, we've got Tyler Shuck who is at Oregon. Shuck the Duck. Uh the mm-hmm. Ducks they they brought in Boston College transfer Anthony Gord or sorry, Anthony Brown as Ooh, well. That would have been nice. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but it's 
honestly, I think it's just he's just there for the experience and and maybe provide a little bit of competition uh, and depth. But I know it was he played in meaningless um, uh, moments last year under behind Herbert, but he was twelve of fifteen with three scores. Uh, I like the fact that you add in Joe Moorhead as the offensive coordinator. I mean, a lot of Oregon fans felt that Arroyo, their previous offensive coordinator, was kind of holding Herbert and the Duck offense back. It'll be kind of curious to see the marriage between uh, Moorhead and Oregon, see if that pans out a little bit better. Um, and I, now it's just at a point where Shuck has the ability to move up a few pegs. I just need him to kind of show it to me at this point. Yeah, yeah, I mean, no. I I would have Go had ahead, him uh, definitely a slot ahead. We'll we'll get to the next guy, but uh, I think because here the floor with Oregon's quarterback is Anthony Brown, like you said, and Anthony Brown was was not bad at, at Boston College. He got better every year and was off to a really good start last year before he got hurt. Um, so if if he's the floor, and then you've got Tyler Shuck as the kind of he could he could be really good. I mean, they they seem to like him. Joe Moorhead said some positive things about him in the you know, very abbreviated spring camp. Um, yeah, I, I think, I don't think He's we should talent, just assume man. like, oh, they lost Herbert. They're going to have bad quarterback play. I, I, no. I don't think so. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I, I He was a big time recruit. He, he could be really good. So it's just, we'll see. Kind of. Okay. Moving on to number seven, who I think is, is too high here. Um, it's Dorian Thompson Robinson at UCLA and Trey, you were the highest on him. You had him fifth. What, uh, what do you like about Thompson, Thompson Robinson? <laughs> I, I guess I'm still buying into his uh, recruiting hype a little bit. But I mean, all of you, the Chip Kelly era obviously has been somewhat of a disaster so far. I, I'm there, but it hasn't entirely been the offense's fault or DTR's fault. The defense has been dreadful and, and DTR has shown some flashes. Like he had almost 3,000 yards last year, 25 touchdowns. And there was a, there was a middle stretch last year for UCLA where they kind of, it looked like they were piecing it together and then the wheels kind of fell back off, but they reeled off some wins. They found a little groove. So I'm just hoping that uh, the defense shores up a little bit and DTR gets to, to kind of shine. Yeah. I'm kind of, I had him one spot below you, Trey. Uh, so I guess I think somewhat highly of him. Um, I think, I don't, well, I don't think he's, he's amazing, but he did take a step forward from his freshman year and he definitely got better. And I think he's going to get it on a little bit better this year. And, you know, after the the first game of this past year, they played Cincinnati. Oh boy, that was, I thought he was just going to be the, that was the end of him. He was pathetic. He was like eight at 30 or something, eight at 27. I don't know what it was, but he was horrible. I was like, uh-oh, but he, he leveled out and he got, the numbers were better. So I don't know. I guess, you know, I, I don't think the long term's ever going to work out for Chip Kelly there. I've made that clear, but I think DTR can take another step forward. Yeah, I had him at ninth. I just think there's, there's, too many mistakes. He led the nation in fumbles lost last year. He was ninth in the country in interceptions thrown. UCLA took the 13th most sacks of any team in the country. Obviously, you play some of that on the offensive line, but also some on DTR. So I know the talent is there, but he just hasn't been accurate enough under 60% completions each year. We'll see. I mean, he's got the talent, but needs to put it together. Yep. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, let's move on to number six. <clears throat> Excuse me. All right, number six. <laughs> That's great for audio, Ryan. Just clear your throat right into the mic. Yeah, right in the mic. Sorry. Sorry, I just had a big uh, pizza before this, so <laughs> oh, wow. still digesting a little bit. Uh, kind of all right, Grant Grinnell uh, for uh, Arizona. Um, yeah, so the main reason um, 
I put I actually had Gunnell behind DTRs. I just I feel like need to see a little bit more sample size from from him. It was a uh, pretty abbreviated. I know he was a freshman and it was pretty darn solid for the numbers that you that we saw. Um, but it's a small sample size, you know, and I need to see more before I can really trust him. And I obviously don't really like the the supporting group of his his team and I don't think the the development's really there. So I don't know. I have my worries. Khalil Tate really leveled off. He had an amazing time, amazing sophomore year, and then just completely tanked. So got to see consistency f- from the Arizona quarterback before I'm willing to buy a, to really buy on him. Yeah. And uh, Michael, Michael was, Michael <clears throat> had him fourth, but before I want to, I want to hear Michael's point, but I was, I'm kind of echoing Ryan's sentiments in that I'm, I actually am somewhat encouraged on Ganell. Like, I don't think he'll be bad. This is more of a, a ranking to me where I didn't have him higher just because I've started to lose a little bit of confidence in Sumlin, uh, just the way that that Khalil Tate era ended. So I'm hoping that Ganell and and uh, Sumlin are on a better page. But what do you see, Michael? Yeah, I'm just I'm kind of sky high on him. I had him fourth and just because I mean, he was a true freshman last year and you say small sample size. I mean, it wasn't he had 155 pass attempts. That's it's something it, it's not. It's not like he played a couple games and they were almost all against Pac-12 competition and he had 65% completions, nine touchdowns, one interception. He was excellent when when he played. So I think he has the potential to be a breakout star. I'm not sure if the team will be very good, but um, I don't know. Under his leadership, the offense could be pretty dang good if if he's even close to that efficient as he was last year. All right, moving on to... Utah, Jake Bentley. So first of all, uh, Cameron Rising, uh, he's the transfer from Texas, uh, is there as well in the quarterback room. He actually has a year advantage on him because he sat out last year. So he was learning Andy Ludwig's system, uh, might work to his advantage. But, but you know, Bentley seems to be the guy. And even though Utah loses so much production from last year, Whittingham has built uh, a little bit of a system there in at Utah. And there might not be a huge drop off drop off at quarterback. Uh, Bentley, I mean, he filled the stat sheet. He threw fifty five touchdowns at South Carolina. A lot of times we talked about before, he had to be a one man show there, and that's not a, a winning recipe, especially in the SEC. Um, I don't think that'll be the the case at Utah. There'll be a, a few more pieces around him to to help compete in the conference. Uh, so I'm a little bit more um, optimistic on Bentley at Utah. Yeah, I mean, he. Uh, I thought most of his career at South Carolina, like you said, his his offensive line or the the help around him wasn't great, especially going up against a, an SEC schedule. So brutal schedules at South Carolina, not good offensive line play, and still he was he was pretty good. The one problem was a big problem: interceptions. He needs to clean that up. Uh, maybe under Ludwig, he can he can do that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I like. I think this is a good spot for. For Bentley, I might have had him one spot lower, but close enough. Yeah, he's he'll be he'll be much more efficient there. Um, so I just, yeah, I think it's a good good fit for him, and I'm I'm ex- I'm kind of excited to see it because we always wondered like we think he's pretty good, but it's just <laughs> he's just had to do so much. So I'm I'm kind of ex- I'm excited to see what he does this year. Yeah. Okay, moving on to number four, it is Davis Mills from Stanford. A former five-star recruit, um, so he's he's got the pedigree. And Stanford was a mess last year with uh, the injuries on the offensive line. They lost both of their starting tackles, their starting center. 
So it was not really a great situation to be in. And we saw uh, a really good quarterback in KJ Costello struggle a little bit when when he was healthy. So the fact that Davis Mills came in and played pretty well was kind of all the more impressive given the the context. And it wasn't against bad competition. He had two of his best games against Notre Dame and UW. So I think top five here is a, a good spot for him. Yeah, I agree. I, I had him fourth, and I think it's about the right spot for him. He, his team was bad around him, but he was good. I thought he put up really good numbers. Um, he's got a, obviously got a big arm. So if he could just get a little bit of more help, uh, which I think they will. I think Stanford will have a bounce back year, and Mills' stats will get even better. So I, I'm kind of high on him. Yeah, in the offseason, there seems to be some buzz about Mills, and I'm kind of starting to buy into it uh, and expecting a, a bigger jump this year with him and a little bit of a rebounding year from Stanford, which a couple of weeks ago I wasn't really thinking about. But the more I read about Mills, I'm somewhat encouraged. Okay. Yep. Number three? Oh, yeah. Okay, my turn. Uh, <laughs> number three, Chase Goobers. Um, no, Garbers. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> Thanks. Wow. Thanks. Thanks. Appreciate it. Ryan, are you tired right now? You seem a little seem a little out of it. Maybe. We're we're pumping <laughs> through his that, the fourth, food, fourth episode here. The the food coma there, Ryan. What what kind yeah, of pizza so. did you have? Uh bourbon pizza. All right. No, I, I just normal pizza. <laughs> what? You're just trying to explain uh, you had you drank bourbon and so that's why you're No, I right. I did, I just had pizza with uh beef. That's it. <laughs> what do you? Why do you <laughs> tell us what type of pizza it was? Was, was it, it like was it beef? Was it DiGiorno? Hey, no, was it meat? Was that's it? Domino's? <laughs> was it? No, my uh, Angie made it. Ah, oh, okay. Well, there you go. Yeah. All right. <laughs> anyway, back to Garbers. Back to Garbers. Uh, back to Garbers. All right. So this one was the the these next two gentlemen were the kind of the toughest I think to rank here in the in the conference. And I'm going to kind of just lay it out. So we'll kind of give away the number two here. Sorry. That's fine. So Jaden Daniels, Chase Garbers. Uh, that was just the, the predicament. I had Garbers at number two. Um, it, w- it was split in hairs. So I definitely, definitely attest to that. But the reason why I leaned with Garbers, a couple of reasons. First, in in the games where he played more than half the snaps for Cal, they went 7-0. and um, And when he went out of the game... Clearly, it was a massive drop off to Devin Modster. It was Garbers oh, yeah. was significantly better, so that was that was a, a big one. His stats were really good, despite not having a lot of talent around him. Cal's group, like receiver group, is r- pretty bad. I mean, you know, Nebraska took their best, arguably their best wide receiver from that 2018 team, and it's like, hey, I think hey, in Nebraska, we thought he was going to be decent. He was terrible. That guy was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was God. I mean, he really was. <laughs> and yet Garbers, even after losing that guy, you're still Garbers was still really, really good. So I feel like he's kind of carrying that offense. Whereas Jaden Daniels, he kind of looked at him. He's like, well, yeah, he had obviously had a really, really good year, but didn't have a, the offense on his shoulders. He had NFL guys. He had Brandon Ayuk, Eno Benjamin, he had, you know, Frank Darby's a good player. So he had some significant talent advantages that Garbers just didn't have. Yeah, I'm with you on this one. Well, I guess I'm technically not with you. I had Daniels ahead of Garbers, but it was one of the decisions throughout these episodes that I thought the most about. I really wanted to put Garbers ahead of him. It was, like you said, splitting hairs. The reason I went with, I'll I'll take the other side, I guess. The reason I went with uh, Daniels over Garbers is Cal's offensive line actually graded out much better in pass protection than ASU, and yet Garbers still had the, you know, and Cal had the highest 
sack percentage allowed in the Pac-12. So kind of some hidden yardage there. And just no the fact that Dan- get open. What's that? No receivers could get open. Uh, that could be the reason too. I mean, we're <laughs> splitting hairs. I don't know. The, but the other reason, probably the bigger reason is, is Daniels was just a true freshman. So there's maybe more potential for him to take a, a big step forward, especially given he was a, a top 50 recruit. But, but yeah, bottom line, the fact that we had to debate this so long, which, cause I think nationally people would think, Oh, Jane Daniels, of course he's better, better than Garbers, but that's not necessarily the case. No, I'm, I had Garbers third. It, I'm just like you guys. It was kind of splitting hairs here uh, as we got to the top of the Pac-12. I guess we what we didn't mention, or Ryan, you briefly touched on it, is Garbage just has to stay healthy. If he stays on the field, then uh, then I'm very optimistic with with Cal's outlook, and then Garbers in particular. Yeah, it'll be fun to see Garbers go up against the. You know, he missed the the Utah game. He missed. Um, yeah, he didn't exactly play the top. I mean, he played at UW, but true. Um, yeah. Other than that, it wasn't like the the top teams. So, right. But yeah, so that'll be that'll be fun to watch. All right, and then I'll kind of lay out my case as we move to number two, Jaden Daniels, of course, of from Arizona State. Um, the one thing about Daniels when I because then I started to look at okay, well then you got Daniels. Why did I not have him number one? And I just mm-hmm. didn't really exactly like how Daniels played against the tougher foes uh, on the conference. I feel like. The guy that's number one was maybe a little bit more consistent, but I say that with the caveat that when when Jaden Daniels was on, he was he was clutch. I mean, he led the he actually led the most game winning drives of any quarterback in the country last year. Because I remember like there were some games where he would just kind of be playing so so or below average for three quarters, and then he he stepped it up when it mattered in the fourth. Uh, he's so talented, uh, and I just think he has the ability and will elevate his game uh, in his second year yeah and his uh you said maybe against the some of the best competition he wasn't as good one game that he was was against oregon that game was no doubt yeah incredible that's if you you only watch that game you're like okay Jaden daniels is number one in the facts well yeah unbelievable um but yeah i mean he had a great statistical year for a true freshman i'm i'm with ryan in that there i think there's a chance of a sophomore slump because of of the weapons he lost. Ayuk and Benjamin were just such a huge part of of their offense. Um so we'll see. I, I think I'm a little bit lower on on Daniels than than most people. Yep, I am too. All right. Number one on our list for the Pac-12 is Keaton Slovis at USC. And this time last year it would have been crazy to think that <laughs> Keaton Slovis would be first here. Trey, I actually remember, I don't know if and Ryan, you were probably there too. Um, before Trey's wedding, we were in his hotel room and there was the, uh, us groomsmen were sitting there and um, one of Trey's friends is uh, works in the athletic department at USC. And he was saying, you know, the, the staff really likes this, this Keaton Slovis kid, this, this true freshman. And I just remember in my head thinking, okay, sure. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I don't even remember him saying that. Yeah, he said it. And he was a not... Of course, highly recruited player. He's a three star, so um, yeah. I didn't really think much of it. But then I guess it turns out he was right because he was, you know, seventy two percent completions, thirty touchdowns, nine interceptions, and if he stays healthy again, you got to think it's going to be another big year. Yeah, and he's still got plenty of weapons at his disposal, so mm-hmm. that obviously helped him last year. But it's not like it's disappearing. No, no, probably the best receiving core in the Pac twelve. Yeah, I mean, he's he's gifted and he's got the best weapons. If there was a knock, it's just that 
you know, he's not going to take anybody by surprise this year. Uh, mm. But I mean, he put up enough of a sample size to to validate him. I had him number one and and think he should be. So I'm excited to see what he does in year two. Yeah. The one thing I will say is he, I mean, he made a ton of holy crap throws. Like he made so many NFL type throws that were just insane. He also, he was a true freshman, but he also, you know, needs to take better care of the ball. He, he had some, yes. some chances that he tried to take a little careless. So I will say he was massively better than JT Daniels. Yes. Yes, he was. Which is why I'm, if I'm a Georgia guy, I'm not high on JT Daniels. Yeah, to be fair to JT, we didn't get to see him much in the uh, um, Graham Harrell offense, but but point taken. Yep. Okay, let's uh, let's see him our... against Fresno, and he wasn't very good. What's that? Saw JT Daniels against Fresno, and he wasn't very good. Uh, I mean, it's it's such a small sample of one half, but I don't know. I, I thought he played <laughs> pretty well. He did throw a pick, I think. Anyway, this isn't about JT Daniels. We're talking about the Pac-12. So we've got the 12 quarterbacks listed here. What uh, what are you guys' thoughts? Pretty much. What'd you say? <laughs> Pretty, no, we, neither of us had anything. Oh, to I say. was like, I must have missed oh. something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't have to cut out or anything, but yeah, it's it's like no, a I, lot of unknowns here. Like you go, you got so many new quarterbacks that you just don't know exactly how it's going to be, and not a ton of returning production in this conference. Right, and that's the thing that kind of makes it exciting. Like if you had, if I had to jump ahead to the end of the year. I wouldn't be surprised at all if some of these guys in the middle of the pack, like like Grant Gannell or maybe even more so Tyler Shuck, like we have him eighth. If he ends up performing as a as a top two quarterback in the conference after the end of the year, like I would not be surprised at all. No, I wouldn't either. Yeah, yeah. with Moorhead and the support of this, the team around him. That's uh, true. And you've got the, the two top, well, arguably the two top uh, teams, at least in the north, uh, Oregon, of course, with a, with a new starting quarterback. And uh, and Washington, yeah. so it'll be interesting to see right. if if those guys work out, then they'll be the top two teams in the conference. If not, opens the door for for some of the dark horses in the North. Cool. All right, I guess that's all our thoughts then. Yeah, yeah. Well, that'll do it for the Pac-12 rankings episode. Then uh, be sure you're subscribed both on YouTube and in your podcast app because tomorrow it's guys be ready because we're about to get a lot of strong opinions from from the listeners because it is the sec oh boy all right we felipe will... franks is number one what's that felipe franks is number one well i don't know if, if they'll go that far but <laughs> we'll talk to you then you've been listening to the college football bros if you have any questions for the next podcast email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com to keep up with the brothers on social media like them on facebook at college football bros Follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros. And for their commentary on Saturdays, follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening.